great gowns, beautiful gowns. Hi, I'm Lauren Garoni. Asono Chelsea Fairless. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and we're finally back together. Lauren, I've been in Europe so long that I speak fluent Italian now. <laughs> Buongiorno, bitch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's so good to see you. It's great to see you, at least for a couple of weeks until I need to go to Europe. Well, yes. I mean, no one needs to go to Europe. I'm just going to Europe because I have a friend getting married. Because I think, let me check my notes, um, every millennial needs to get married in Europe now. It seems to be a theme. I think there's so many weddings this summer just because they were all postponed due to COVID. Like, is the one you're going to a postponed wedding? No, but I definitely think that everyone thought that COVID would be over. And certainly that there wouldn't be a monkeypox outbreak (laughs) as well. Or that the European airports would be so overrun. Stop looking at your arm, Chelsea. I think I have monkeypox. Chelsea, before we sat down, I was like, something, 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 monkeypox. And she just looked at her arm and said, oh, I think I have it. I have one questionable blemish on my wrist. That much I will say. Let me see it, but don't get too close. It's... Well, it can only be passed from skin to skin, but I can't get monkey pox because I'm gay and that's just too embarrassing. I saw a TikTok where someone got it from the Soho house towels that were not washed <laughs> properly. How can you prove that, though? I don't know, but that's certainly the most embarrassing way to get monkey pox. <laughs> well, I may be going this wedding or I may not because you're about to give me monkey pox. It's hard to tell. Anyway, enough about my dumb bullshit. How was Europe? It was fabulous. Being Tats plus one is is not a bad life. <laughs> that much I will say. Are you here to file your resignation from this podcast because you're going to devote yourself to be a full-time plus one? Uh, uh, no, not exactly. I'm thrilled to be back, but I do have slight vacation withdrawals just because I'm no longer drinking poolside cocktails from like 11 a.m. onwards, and it's really fucking harsh. But... Yeah, the trip was amazing. First, we were in Greece for my sister-in-law Georgia's wedding, which was beautiful. The bride looked fab. Oh, I don't think I told you this. This is truly the first time we've seen each other since you've got back. We are talking since you got back. Yeah. When you were at Georgia's wedding, someone sent us a DM and was like, oh, I think I figured out the wedding that Chelsea and Tat were at. And it was that actor, Alex Pettifor, who was the guy in the first Magic Mike who's like learning how to be a Magic Mike. (laughs) Right. He got married to some model in Mykonos like a week before Georgia. And I was like, I was like, great detective work. But unfortunately, that is not the wedding. No, (laughs) that was not the wedding. But yeah, it was great. It was a traditional Greek ceremony, so it was all in Greek. So I didn't know what the fuck was going on, but I still vibed with it. And then the after party, not the after party, and then the reception was- After the wedding is the after party, after the party is the after after party. <laughs> And then the reception was at this iconic Mykonos restaurant called Spilia that's like built into a rocky hillside overlooking the ocean. It was gorgeous. But being in Mykonos is weird because it's like being on Mars when you're inland. It's just rocks and people driving around on ATVs in like Louis Vuitton and off-white outfits and shit. 
This sounds like your nightmare. <laughs> no, it's not my nightmare. There is incredible architecture nestled into the rocks, though. Okay. I love that Greeks, like, decided to just paint all the houses white with blue doors and just, like, impose that on everyone. And I also love their hatred of sharp edges. The only dictatorship you're in favor of is an aesthetic dictatorship. <laughs> Yes. You're like, I don't care about what aesthetic it is. It's just choose one and impose that on everyone and everything. Yeah, it is fabulous looking, I will say. So no sharp edges. So you didn't stub your toe or bang no your No sharp once. edges. Everything looks like, you know, like when you go and get your nails done and it's like a square tip with a rounded corner. Yes. That's like every building. <laughs> I'm seeing what your political platform would be. <laughs> uh, no sharp edges. Okay, all right, go on. This could, <laughs> We can't have your trip recap be an hour long. No, I, I don't want it to be. <laughs> then we went to some natural wine vineyard that was like an hour outside of Naples, which was really fucking cute. Learned all about medieval winemaking techniques, but it was fucked because the internet was fucked. And I've learned that <laughs> there are worse things than having no internet. What is worse is having just enough internet yeah. to get Slack messages from people asking you to do shit, but not enough internet to respond to them. So you're saying that you will not live with a 1997 <laughs> level of internet anymore. No, I, I can't. I can't. So we went to Positano for a couple of nights, which was absolutely beautiful. And the internet was better? Internet was better. And then we went to Taormina for the Dolce & Gabbana Ultimoda Extravaganza, which is a a multi-day event, which we already talked about in depth on a recent Patreon episode. So if you want the tea about that, check out that episode. Although I do want to thank all of the fuckettes who sent me pictures of Tad and I in the back of Mariah Carey's Instagram photo. Thank you for that. Well, you know my dad is our number one listener and is a, is a fellow fuckette, <laughs> although only at the $5 level. <laughs> But he was like, she should have gone up to Kris Jenner. Why didn't she? And I agree. You could have been like, hey, I love your caftan. And then Chris would have been like, I love your caftan. And then we're in Hidden Hills having lunch with her. <laughs> well, the thing is, if you make eye contact with Chris, it's scary. Oh. Like she gives you like scary eyes. Like it's not like an inviting. <laughs> it's like what I imagine like being a PA on like the Ellen DeGeneres show is like. <laughs> they are very good friends. But I think Chris saw us enough that by like the last night, Tat made eye contact with her and she actually smiled. So. Oh, okay. So the walls are coming down. It just. <laughs> Next year. It just might take a minute. But there's one thing that. I forgot to mention on the Patreon episode, which I think you will appreciate, which is, so for context, we're staying in Taramina. The show is in Syracuse, which is a two-hour drive okay, it's away. It's Syracuse, by the way. Whatever. <laughs> I can't pronounce that. So the show is there because they've been doing these Altamoda shows for over a decade in various Italian cities, and they're running out of cities with good hotels. Like, they already did a show in oh. Taramina. So they couldn't do another show there, hence this situation. It's like wearing the same outfit twice. Can't do it. <laughs> yeah, that would be a faux pas. So we're in the car for four hours a day with these two 
girls shout out to holly and jordan my new best friends we could have been paired with anyone but we got paired with the best people ever so the car ride was fun we were like drinking champagne all of that stuff and then we realized that we all had to pee and there was nowhere to pee oh no tad in particular got very agitated and was like you don't say (laughs) tad has a bad track record with this sort of thing like she has peed at a venti Starbucks cup in her car on more than one occasion. And I will say that because she will never listen to this episode. <laughs> yes, I'm remembering the first time we all hung out and she was too embarrassed to say that she had to pee. And we went from Malibu and I was like, okay, this is the last time, like, if someone has to go pee, please go pee. And she was like, I'm fine. And then 15 minutes later, she was like, I got a fucking piss. Exactly. She <laughs> thinks she can hold it, but then she can't. So she's like, begging the driver to pull over so she can pee on the side of the road but traffic is gridlocked because everyone's going to the show which is at some like tuna fishery that is not built for this level of traffic so our driver gets out and starts banging on random people's doors some guy lets us use his bathroom so suddenly we're in this bathroom where in the tuna fishery no it was like a house by the side of the road it was like some random italian family's house So suddenly we're in this house. We look fucking crazy because we're in these Dolce & Gabbana outfits. Like Tat's wearing like this like hot pink men's set. She looks like fucking Cisco or something. Like I'm in a giant caftan. Holly and Jordan are both like in leopard outfits. And we're like have to walk by this old Italian grandmother like watching TV in her recliner. Oh my God. And so then Tat's like, oh my God, we need to do something to thank these people for their generosity. So she goes in the car and finds like a pair of like Dolce & Gabbana slippers, like oh my God. bedtime <laughs> slippers. And she kneels in front of the grandmother, like palms no. open with the slippers, like a fucking peace offering. And it was like, this is a gift for you. This woman like, does not speak English, does not give a fuck, is like, bitch, get out of my yeah. house. I just want to watch this television show. Yeah, let I me was... watch my stories. <laughs> I was choking back tears and this mental image of her kneeling before this grandmother <laughs> will just stay with me forever. It's not for better or for worse. It's like for better or for when your wife has to get on her knees and give an Italian grandma a Dolce & Gabbana <laughs> peace offering. Those shoes are now on Poshmark. <laughs> Someone else in the family wanted them, so. (laughs) It does feel like with you being gone for these weeks, I should have had some kind of equal adventure. But you really realize like, no, your life is just the same, the same boringness. (laughs) Well, you'll have your own European vacation soon. So to wrap this up, after that, we went to Capri because Tat had a job booked conveniently. And I've never been there before. I was shook by the glamour. Have you been there? No. It's fucking insane. Like, I'm obsessed. There's so many beautiful hotels, so many restaurants, but it's such a small island that, like, everything is tiny. Like, I went into the Bottega Veneta store, and it was, like, a closet with, like, three of those tiny little woven, like, satchel bags, (laughs) which, by the way... I borrowed one of those from my sister-in-law for the wedding, like those little mini Jody bags. Yeah. I do not know how people carry these. They do not hold anything. You have to like Jenga your shit to get yeah. like a phone, keys, like a, a card case in there. It's insane. Anyway. But yeah, it's fabulous. It's like so, I guess it's more like old money glamour or something. Whereas Mykonos is very like, 
new money. Like everyone like looks like fucking NASCAR drivers with like you their could, brands. You could say Euro trash. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Cop- well, it's, it's also a lot of American and Australian tourists. Yeah. Though, but in- Capri has more of a Slim Aaron's vibe. That's more you. Yeah. Lots of like really tan old Italian women in like poochy caftans. Like I live for that shit. Oh, you just saw your future. That's why you love it there. Yeah. I hope that's my future with slightly less sun damage, but... And that's why I have the Beauty Counter Counter Sun Daily Sheer Defense for Face. No, 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 no. That that adds in a little bit. Were you pissed on the flight back? You were like, God fucking damn it. I gotta come back here. Yeah, obviously. Well, no, it's it was nice to see my dog. It's nice to see you, see my friends. And now you're ready to get back on a plane and go... It's more like after this, I might just go to a hotel and lay by the pool and get cocktails again because it's just so rough not having like four Bellinis a day, you know? <laughs> Although one thing that's nice about being Los- back in Los Angeles is access to salads. Oh, yeah. How did you do with your just sweet green withdrawal? They just don't believe in anything but a mixed salad with balsamic and olive oil, which is great. But if you're eating that every day for three weeks, it gets a little like monotonous. Yeah, that's what broke you. It didn't break me, but I'm just saying I'm going to appreciate going to La Scala and getting a chopped salad. (laughs) I already went to Jones on third. I already did sweet green. I'm making the rounds. Wow. What's left? What's left is, I guess... I don't know, the Beverly Hills Hotel sawdust salad. Sorry, all I can think about is that bad review we got of someone that obviously started listening to this podcast. They admit they started listening when we were doing the And Just Like That episode recaps. And they're like, what is their problem? All they do is talk about their lives and where they go as if we care about that. It's like, oh, sorry. Yeah, that's what the podcast was before and just like that. And it's what it is after and just like that. I do appreciate they waited six months to leave this review. (laughs) But I don't know. Does anyone care about our lives? Some people do. Maybe others don't. I don't know. What should we talk about? I can only talk about Che Diaz for so long. Well, I mean, there's all this goss that we've missed in the past month. We could get into that. We could, but before we do. <laughs> I'm no- not talking about my vacation. Don't worry. What is this? This is a, a I, note from the editor? Editor's I, note? Yeah, I have a bit of an addendum to our call-in show from a couple of weeks ago because Tap wanted to listen to it on the flight from Greece. I didn't have charged ear pods. I didn't have a book. And I decided that the only thing worse than sitting with my own thoughts would be listening to our podcast. So I listened to it and I feel like I really communed with our listeners because I was listening to it. I was like, oh, she's wrong about that. Or like, she forgot about that. <laughs> Okay, what what was I wrong about and what did you forget to say? Okay, for one thing, I forgot about my actual favorite Christopher Walken performances, which are Pennies from Heaven. This is a musical. Where he does the tap dancing. Where he does the tap dancing, which was the origin story for the Weapon of Choice music video. Or it was the inspiration behind it, right? Also, Bernadette Peters is in it and has fabulous like Bob Mackie costumes. But we also forgot about the superior Christopher Walken music video, which is, do you know what I'm talking about? No. Madonna's Bad Girl? Oh, well, he's not dancing in that. But yes, our favorite music video of all time is Madonna's Bad Girl 
directed by David Fincher. Where Christopher Walken plays the angel Angel of of death, death. essentially. Am I the only person who saw that video and was like, her life seems great. Yeah, it is a weird music video where the idea is like, she just can't stop having compulsive anonymous sex and then dies from it. She's murdered by... She's basically some sort of like corporate executive that's like also just chain smokes and drinks all day and and has one night stands. And yeah, she dies in some sort of bondage related accident, I guess. Or does Christopher Walken take her soul before she can be murdered by the person she's having sex with? It's real (laughs) open-ended. Anyway, you're right. That is... The superior Christopher Walken performance, where he doesn't say a word, but his his eyes say so much. He's like, Madonna, stop fucking these random losers. What are you doing? We might have to do body of evidence for the Patreon, because it's it's a Madonna erotic thriller. Yeah. With not Christopher Walken, but Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Same vibe. Uh, Also... I forgot about another wet movie that I think was a huge oversight, also an erotic thriller, which is the jailbait classic Poison Ivy, Oh, which features an incredible sex scene in the rain. Oh, uh, between the dad? Yeah, the dad, obviously the dad. The dad who is is the dad from that 70s show or is it? uh... No, it's the dad from like everything. Yeah, with the mustache. He is a dilf. But he gives Republican, like, Tom Selleck vibes. Uh, yeah, it's Tom Skerritt. Right. It's bargain Tom Selleck, or it's... Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's the poor man's Tom Selleck. I was going to say it's TV's Tom Selleck, but, like, Tom Selleck was on TV. Also, we've gotten some great voicemails from people talking about other sweaty and wet movies. <laughs> Someone brought up Chris Messina in Sharp Objects, mm. which, yeah, that was very sweaty. Someone also was like, have you seen Kurosawa's Stray Dogs? Because that is a very wet movie, a very sweaty movie. And I have not seen it, but but I will watch. Uh, And lastly, we talked about our favorite podcasts. And I want to clarify that Kim France and Jennifer Romolini's podcast is called Everything is Fine, Not Everything is Terrible, as I said. Which was definitely like a Freudian slip on my part in the immediate aftermath of uh the scotus ruling but i mean no disrespect to my lucky magazine queens and also i forgot about all of my favorite podcasts which i also love deja the view a fabulous podcast about the view i love jamazine which is chris Lilly's podcast that he hosts in character as Jamay, a privileged australian schoolgirl that reminds me entirely too of, much of, of tat yeah yeah I feel like I didn't say enough about Not Really, which is such a brilliant podcast hosted by my friend Patrick Sandberg and Paul Kupo, Not Optional for Gay Men. And I was also wondering, was there a podcast that you deliberately omitted because you're embarrassed that you listened to it? Um, I listed podcasts that I listened to weekly. But yeah, I mean, there's certainly a problematic fave podcast that I have. I suppose there's two, one of which is Joe Rogan. Okay. 
Well, I knew that about you. Y- you knew that about But me. how regularly are you listening to Joe Rogan? At this point, not at all. Like, if clips come up on YouTube and it's an interesting guest. That's or- even darker. You're watching Joe Rogan YouTube clips? Uh, yes. On occasion. Look, no judgment. This is a safe space. I mean, it's not, and you are judging me, but that's fine. Well, I'm here to admit that I listen to Glenn and Doyle's podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. I mean, but that's not embarrassing. <laughs> it would be embarrassing if you told me you listened to a recent Chelsea Handler episode. I haven't yet, but I will listen to that. I don't religiously listen to it. It's more of a when the mood strikes thing or right. when there's a guest that I fuck with. Yeah, I'm so invested in her life and her journey from eating disorders and addiction to being a Christian mommy blogger and a best-selling author to uh, lezzing out with Abby Wambach, you know? It's just, it, there's really like an HBO Max limited series in here somewhere, and right. I hope that it happens one day. Yeah, the fact that we got an Eat, Pray, Love movie about Elizabeth Gilbert and not Glennon Doyle. <laughs> well, also, did I tell you, Elizabeth Gilbert is friends with Glennon and was on recently. And I listened to this episode. Did I tell you about this episode? You didn't. But also, (laughs) Elizabeth Gilbert is the type of person that is... I was going to say she's like a snake shedding her skin, but I don't want it to seem like she's a snake. But like, she is someone that seems to be an entirely new person every three years. Oh, yes. If you guys have fallen off with her, basically, she married that guy that she met at the end of Eat, Pray, Love. He died... He didn't die. I thought he died. No, this is what happened. She divorced him for her lesbian best friend. After she her, died. After her lesbian best friend was diagnosed with terminal cancer. There we go. She died. She died. So after she died, Elizabeth Gilbert started fucking her lesbian lover best friend's like roommate who was a man, incidentally. And after that point, she realized that she was a sex and love addict and is now celibate. So this is a role Amy (laughs) Adams was bored to fucking play, and she will finally win her Oscar when she uh, takes on this role. This might be the better HBO Max limited series because it starts as Eat, Pray, Love. Then it goes into some, like, boys on the side, like, lesbian death situation. Right. And then it turns into, like, shame. It's funny. I was going to be like, oh, like Sandra Bullock in 28 Days. But yeah, you're right. Shame. We do really need the female version of shame. We do. We do. So that's what's up with Elizabeth Gilbert, guys. (laughs) Anyway, uh, on to hot topics. Yes. I think the shocking thing is that not that much has happened. Honestly, thank God we took a few weeks off because what would there have what, been? What would we talk about? I mean, Benifer got married. My Sunday was rocked when it was confirmed that Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck had tied the knot. Details and photos of the wedding were posted in JLo's newsletter on the JLo, of which I am a subscriber of. Chelsea, I, I forwarded it to your email if you want to open up the newsletter. Okay. Do I have to do it now? It's probably in my spam folder. So they got married in Vegas at the, at whatever that Elvis Chapel is, the little... Yeah, the drive-in. We did it. Exactly what we wanted. Last night we flew to Vegas, stood in line for a license with four other couples, all making the same journey to the wedding capital of the world. Do we think Vegas is the wedding capital of the world? Yeah, of course it is. I do love that even though this seems like on a whim, she did bring Chris Appleton to do her hair. Yeah, of course. Uh, She got married. She wore two 
wedding dresses. One, which she said was from an old film. The old film being Kevin Smith's Jersey Girl. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then the second dress Not was... Mary B? <laughs> no. Not even the wedding planner. <laughs> That's so weird. And then the, the second dress was a Zuhar Morad. Right. Who she always wears. That's funny that she said an old movie. She's like, I don't want to remind anyone that I was in Jersey Girl. I don't want to bring Kevin Smith into this, okay? Is it just me or does Ben Affleck kind of look like Terry Schiavo in that <laughs> photo right there? Look, as we know, one of my other problematic <laughs> traits is that I've, I've loved Ben Affleck since the late 90s, but he's not looking great. You know? I mean, it's just this photo is like mm, rough. He... He gained a lot of mass and, you know, maybe did some steroids when he was Batman and then he got skinny again and it, it looks odd. They only started dating again like a little over a year ago. And I love that the rekindling of their relationship made us forget that like just weeks prior to the news of them getting back together, Ben Affleck had sent that creepy video to a woman on Instagram who had unmatched him on Raya. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And also them getting together erased from everyone's memory that during Biden's inauguration, when Jennifer Lopez was singing, this land is your land, she broke into a verse of let's get loud. <laughs> like we forgot about all of that. <laughs> that I definitely, <laughs> I blacked out for that part of the inauguration. Frankly, I thought they should have been like Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn and just never gotten married. But now that they have, like I will not entertain a conversation about divorce. Okay. I need this. <laughs> you need it to last. I do. Well, I want it to last for them. I want them to be happy, obviously. I, Seems a bit chaotic, but, you know, who am I to judge? I also, right now, they are having a bit of a honeymoon in Paris with half of their children. Right. I was, I was going to say their daughters, but I think it's their daughter and, and two thems. Yeah, I think they're... Don't they both have thems? They both have thems, and the thems were photographed holding hands. And if those thems are dating, that's going to be iconic. <laughs> that's so major. Step siblings dating? Scandalous. <laughs> you know what? I like that they just got married in Vegas and opted out of the whole like Jeff Latham Versace bridal industrial complex, you know? Yeah, I hope they don't have a second wedding. The breakup of their relationship initially is so fascinating because I always thought that that was tabloid fodder, that they were days away from getting married and they pulled the plug on the wedding. Mm -hmm. But I believe Jennifer Lopez confirmed that recently. Wow. So they were going to have a whole ass wedding and then they were like, not only are we not going to have a wedding, we shouldn't just be together anymore. And within a year, they were both married to other people. I wonder what J-Lo thought of Ben Affleck's dark phase. Like, do you think she saw that viral Sound of Silence video <laughs> that we love so much? I definitely remember that Andy Cohen asked her about that Phoenix tattoo. I forget what her response was, but she was like, well, you know, it wouldn't be my choice. I think she said something akin to that. Ooh, it would be so cool if she pulled like a Kourtney Kardashian and had like the Versace bridal wedding dress with the Phoenix this like in the train. <sighs> I see that Julia Hart is on the dock, but what is happening with her? All I know about this is that she's in the process of getting divorced and her husband was abusive. Abusive how? 
Yeah, they... Or allegedly. They filed for divorce, but... Well, should, we should probably remind people who Julia Hart is. She's definitely not, doesn't have that J-Lo Ben Affleck name recognition. Julia Hart of the reality show My Unorthodox Life? Yes. I am asking Why that. Why are you crazy? <laughs> no, because I couldn't. You're re- doing that again where you like make a declarative sentence, but no, say I'm, it like a question. I'm saying it like a question because I couldn't remember if it's my orthodox life or my, my unorthodox life. life. All right. That's the, that's the pun. Of which she was running the elite modeling agency because she married the owner of the company, which I feel like I can now safely say always struck me as a bit sus. Right. She has been ousted from that position. She has filed a petition and a restraining order against him, alleging that she is terrified of him. He has routinely berated me, calling me a venomous snake, a monster, and a liar in the process of third parties. And at times, my children, one of his favorite epithets is to tell me to go fuck yourself. Is that verbal abuse? We say that to each other all the time. (laughs) Should we be filing protective (laughs) orders against each other? Lauren keeps calling me a venomous snake, and it's just... (laughs) Well, we don't know the tone. He said in response, he threatened me by stating, if you ever go to the press about how I treat you or your kids, I will kill you. That's not great. No. Yeah, he has a new girlfriend. She's been ousted from the company. I thought there would be more, but there's kind of nothing there's to say. There's kind of nothing because it's like, yeah, he's an asshole and she's a gold digger. And that's a genre of couple that exists throughout cultures. And a new genre of reality coupling seems to be uh, going through very public arrests or splits in the middle of shooting your reality show. So when they split in late 2021, season two of My Unorthodox Life was already shooting. Right. So we're going to have Batsheva's divorce from that guy that we were like, you shouldn't be married to. Great. Moving on to things I care about, and I think our listeners do, but you have no understanding of. So I will just explain to you. Jen Shaw from The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Okay, I know her because I have watched season one of Salt Lake and I've watched The Reunion. I have not watched season two. So I will watch season two. I commit to this. Well, now you have to because the glorious part of season two of Salt Lake City is it opens with Jen Shaw getting arrested. So what is she arrested for? What did she do? Wire fraud. But basically she was selling leads of fake business opportunities to old people. She was basically helping others bilk old people out of their retirement. That is like the worst way to make money. And it's funny because you're looking at her lifestyle and it none of it makes sense, right? Like, and the person that was arrested with her, Stuart, was her first assistant, which means she has several assistants. It's like, why do you have several right. assistants? Right, I remember that. I remember that. Okay, so you saw the reunion and in the reunion, Andy Cohen's like, um, you know, the prosecutors in the New York office have a like 98% conviction rate. She's like, I'm fighting this. She's I am innocent. She's fighting it. And I will fight for every person out there that can't fight for themselves because they don't have the resources or the means. So they, they don't fight. I will fight because number one, I'm innocent. And number two, I'm going to represent every other person out there that can't fight and hasn't been able to. And then she went into court a couple weeks ago and was like, I will be taking a plea deal. Right. And so that's basically it. But it's pretty shocking because 
I believe they've already shot season three and might be into shooting season four, which means we'll have a whole juicy season where she's yet again being like, I've been falsely accused, only to start season four, where she's like, um, actually, I'm going to prison probably. Yikes. She always seemed like a garbage person. <laughs> and I guess my first instinct was correct. I mean, it's hard to tell because everyone on reality shows are garbage people. That's what I love about when people argue about the Housewives or Kardashians, where it's like, oh no, like Courtney's the best one, or, uh, you know, Erica Jane tells the truth or something. It's like, no, they're all good and bad. Sometimes they're better, sometimes they're worse. On Salt Lake, I like the one that owns the Botox place. Yeah. She's like the most real. And I don't, and I also like the ones that look like each other, or I like one of them, but I don't know who. Lisa and Meredith. They're both hot. They can get it. <laughs> That's your hall pass. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm not sure which one is I my mean, preference, but. It's funny you say that because they're both brunettes with kind of heart-shaped faces and far-set eyes. Like, they are tats, <laughs> Jell. <laughs> your far-set eyes? Well, what is it? Like, eyes that are. Yeah, just a little alien-like. Otherworldly, I think. Otherworldly is- eyes. <laughs> Anyway, I definitely know that you don't watch Beverly Hills, which just, it wounds me because I would love to talk about this with you. Well, I did watch that Jamie Lee Curtis clip that you sent to me. (sighs) Guys, I don't know what's going on with Beverly Hills this season, but last episode, Jamie Lee Curtis stopped by, which the connection is Kyle was a child actress. She's the kid that Jamie Lee Curtis is babysitting in the original Halloween. Right. Kyle was in the last Halloween sequel. That's the connection point. But Jamie Lee Curtis comes to kind of hawk very bizarre ephemera related to her charity. I don't even understand what was going on. Yeah, I really don't understand what I just saw. Although I came away from it continuing to love Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, really? I thought she was so weird. She smells Kyle's hair. She's like, because Kyle's like, I just dyed my hair. I have grays. I can't do this. Jamie Lee Curtis just like hugs her and there's such a height difference and smells the top of her head. She's like, I don't care. I just care, you know, what's inside that you're a good person. I'm like, Jamie, Kyle is not a good person. (laughs) So (laughs) There's like a super wealthy woman on this season named Diana Jenkins who is constantly licking her lips. She divorced a finance bro in London and walked away with a quarter of a billion dollars. So she's rich, rich. She is so rich that at one point she explains that she's never stepped inside a retail store because everything is brought to her. And she doesn't like retail stores because the dust or air, there's something where she's like- That's so stupid. It really is. That's like never eating at a restaurant and only getting Postmates. Well, don't worry. She has a private chef. (laughs) I'm not worried. I'm just saying you lose so much of the experience. Like you can't experience a restaurant solely through its cuisine. You can't fully appreciate a dress or a shoe without seeing where it lives. Well, it really proves the fact that just because you have money doesn't mean you have style. And she's in in quote unquote stylish stuff, but it just doesn't work on her. Anyway. Everyone is bullying this woman named Sutton. And I've just never seen this before where everyone just to this woman's face is like, you're awkward, you're weird, you shouldn't say things. And and Sutton is this Southern woman. She goes, well, all right, it doesn't matter. It's all in the past. And they're like, no, you should stop That seems like vaguely like a Southern version of your Caitlyn Jenner 
Chell, I only have one impression <laughs> with different inflections to be other things and other people. I'm like the George Clooney of accents. <laughs> I really only do one thing. What else do we have? Ooh, a new power couple. Huma Abedin and Bradley Cooper dating. Did not see this on the 2022... uh, Bingo card? No, did not. Yeah, this wasn't on mine either. Although it should be because... It should be. They were allegedly introduced by Anna Wintour. Which makes so much sense because she's so obsessed with both of them. So either they were going to meet that way or at some sort of like Illuminati mixer or whatever. (laughs) According to a Cooper source who told People Magazine, they're dating, but it's not a full speed ahead type of thing yet. So this is a PR relationship, because why are we getting these kind of quotes this early on? Very someone, weird. Someone needs to be turning out looks at the premiere of that, like, Leonard Bernstein movie that he's working on, right? Sure. You know, it worked for, uh, worked for George Clooney. Yeah. And, like, anyone is better than Anthony Weiner. Like... <laughs> Anyone like it's crazy how that man ruined every facet of her life and it's inspiring to see her thrive. That is someone who on paper everything should have gone correctly and everything went terribly wrong between I mean being the right hand woman to Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Yeah. Did you watch that Wiener documentary? I think I watched parts of it. It's really good. You should watch the whole thing. Because it's one of those documentaries where he had the hubris to think nothing was going to go wrong, right? Because it's during his mayoral campaign. Yeah, but it was after the first scandal. Right, but it's when he's running for mayor and then it gets found out that he was tweeting a 15-year-old or uh, texting a 15-year-old. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> he was texting a 15-year-old, I believe. Yeah. I'm also fascinated by Bradley Cooper's dating history because it's really all over the place. Like, he was married to Jennifer Esposito in the early 2000s, and they Hmm. were one of those couples that dated for years but were divorced under a year, which I always find odd when that happens. It's like when Helen Hunt and Hank Azaria dated forever in the 90s and then were divorced within a few months of getting married. Right. And then how could any of us forget when he dated Sookie Waterhouse when she was 20 and he was 37, which gave us those iconic high camp photos of him reading Lolita to her in a Paris park. Wait, I've never seen that. (gasps) I did not know about that. I wasn't really keeping up with Bradley Cooper until after Star is Born. Because that's kind of the only thing I really care about. I mean, obviously, I love the um, hangover hangover films. Yeah, I didn't think you were going to be like, I loved him in Limitless. (laughs) I can't. Like, I'm not above admitting that The Hangover is a good movie. Bradley Cooper, Suki, Waterhouse Park. Ew! (laughs) It's so weird. And again, you have to imagine... Gross. You have to imagine he knew the photographers were there. It just... None of it makes... First of all, Lolita is not a good book. (laughs) (laughs) It's also like... Also, it's not a great group reading book either. Well, there's nothing more gross than... When you're in an age gap relationship and the older person forces the younger person to read Lolita. Like, that's disgusting. That's child abuse right there. I will watch the remake from the 90s starring Dominique Swain. Yeah, and Jeremy Irons. Look, 
<laughs> I, I, the one of the hills I will die on is that Jeremy Irons was so fuckable in the 90s and did a string of films where he was just the hottest man ever fucking younger women, whether it's a film called Damage <laughs> to Lolita to those Donna Karen campaigns where he's like kissing Milo Jovovich's leg. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Donna Karen has just really been erased from I know culture. And she did some of the best ad campaigns and no one talks about that anymore. No one really talks about the clothes either. Because she was just someone that made like clothes that like were actually flattering, that were actually like practical. Did she retire? Is that what happened? I believe she sold her company. Oh, and they just ran it into the ground? I think so, but I don't want to spread misinformation if that's not the truth. And then she started some sort of like Donna Karen urban zen diffusion line. I do feel like what Donna Karen could have continued to be is what Norma Kamali just is now. Yeah, because Norma Kamali didn't scale up in that way. God, Norma Kamali is who I want to age into. Yeah. She looks fucking incredible. She does. And she wrote a book pretty recently that's basically just like life tips. Norma Kamali? Yeah, and half of it is like... Drink olive oil. Yeah, literally like <laughs> that kind of shit. Like she's so, like, she's the original Gwyneth. Well, no, during our Sex in the City 2 commentary, we learned that Suzanne Summers was the original <laughs> no, Gwyneth it, Paltrow. It, yeah, she's like original Gwyneth Paltrow, although instead of like imposing like um, wide-legged culotte jeans on us, she just wants us to wear nice versatile jersey separates, you know? All right. I can't even remember how we got here. In fashion news, Kate Moss is the creative director of Diet Coke in what is quite possibly the most intuitive brand partnership of our time. It's so great. Yeah, when she was doing the the presser for it, she was like, everybody knows I love Coke. And everyone's like, ah, get it? (laughs) But also, there's no better face for this brand. Diet Coke is such a Gen X thing. She's a Gen X icon. And I like how she designed her own, like, cans of Diet Coke, which we need to find those. Do you see them? I have. And then I will be in London in a couple weeks, so I will try to find them. find that for us i mean they're not even that cute like they're kind of cute but i think it would be way better if kate moss's diet coke said nothing tastes as good as skinny feels her iconic pro anna catchphrase from the 90s yeah but like corporations are no fun (laughs) they wouldn't let her do that this makes perfect sense like her or jennifer aniston i think are the perfect (laughs) I don't know why. No, because Jennifer Aniston is too, like, healthy. Like, oh, she's not water. she's not drinking, like, anything with aspartame in it. Whereas Kate Moss is like, I'm chain smoking. I'm right. drinking Diet Coke. Like, I'm doing lines in a bias cut slip dress. Like, that is the Diet Coke lifestyle. Do you remember these commercials from a few years ago? I would see them when I would go to, like, an AMC theater. And the whole idea was that trust your elders because your elders drink Diet Coke. But the elders weren't Gen X age. They were like 80. And I'm like, what octogenarian? Like, no. What is this narrative that we all know that octogenarians love Diet Coke? No, they love caffeine-free. That's yeah. what they love. Yeah, I'm thinking of a, of a woman in her 20s in the 90s eating snack wells and drinking Diet Coke. <laughs> 
Okay, you have on the dock this Christian Siriano Taylor Pride dress drama. I know nothing about this. Oh, really? Yeah, what is this? It's old news, but it happened since I talked to you last. So basically, someone posted a TikTok video alleging that Taylor Swift had planned to come out as bisexual during Pride. I forget what year, but it was around the time when Lover came out, right? Right. So like a few years ago. And that... For her coming out, Christian Siriano <laughs> made this rainbow tulle gown that she was supposed to wear like when she came out during her performance at the Stonewall Inn. Because remember, she did that like benefit that like right. Jesse hosted. Oh, speaking of which, I ran into him and Justin at the Prada store oh. in Capri. I know. Did you guys talk about this? No. <laughs> I mean, Taylor was just on stage with Haim and dressed up as them. Like, it would, I would believe she would wear a rainbow dress just being an ally for Pride. For sure. Well, and this is what happened. She didn't wear the dress. Obviously, she didn't come out as bisexual. Billy Porter then wore the dress, which was obviously not made for him because it had, like, nude fabric underneath oh, it. And it was, so like, like, for Taylor dress. Swift's skin tone. Interesting. Right? Wow. So then Christian Siriano stitched with that video and was basically like sitting there nodding. So affirming that she was supposed to come out as bisexual, which seems like a crazy thing to do. He's since deleted it. But I think that what is more likely is that she tried on this dress and was like, ew, this is ugly. I'm not wearing this. And then he was like, okay, Billy Porter will wear it. Look, you know I'm a Kaler truther. Obviously, I would love for Taylor Swift to come out as bisexual, but... Right. I need the Venn diagram of Taylor Swift conspiracy theorists and, like, Robston conspiracy theorists. Robston is people who... They're hardcore Twilight fans who, to this day, believe that Rob Pattinson and Kristen Stewart are still together and have a family. We just don't know about it. (laughs) Even though Robert Pattinson is with... Sookie Waterhouse. Oh, right. Full circle. Yeah. The idea of her coming out as bisexual and not giving us receipts terrifies me. You know, I get that like bisexuals don't owe us explanations, but. You're going to need it with her. I'm going to need. Yeah, I'm going to need that. She's like, Betty really was written about. (laughs) It's not Blake Lively's kid's name. It was a lie. I am fucking Blake Lively. Thank you very much. (laughs) Oh, that would be incredible. Oh, that's a that's a scary mental image for me. It is time. It's time to Kardash. Kardash, a Holics Anonymous. This is a case for the FBI. <laughs> okay, so how are the skin products going for you? Oh, I should bring them I should bring them out. One second. Yeah, I want to see them. All right, here you go. Wait, this is the eye cream? Did you think it would be larger? Yes. This looks like one of those um, orb-shaped like lip glosses that they sell at CVS. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Is it like working? How do I look? <laughs> I mean, you look great. Wow. That great was said with a tone of like, you look fine. You look how you've always looked. So you got hyaluronic acid. Yeah. Vitamin C serum. Yes. And the eye cream. I did. I will say that the vitamin C cream is kind of whatever. Also, like, put put some of that C8 in your hand. Okay. Like, just do a pump because it just sort Ooh. of, yes, it splurts in your. It just squirted on me. Yeah. Jesus Christ. 
So that's not great. I don't know if it's bullshit, but the hyaluronic acid feels incredible. It does feel very luxurious. And then I love the eye cream. I think it's great. Okay. And thank you for allowing me to talk about it on our podcast so that it is now a business write-off. Great. Now let me talk about these skims I just purchased so I can write it off as well. (laughs) So we got (sighs) season two, the season two trailer. Right. Which we're not getting until September. So we're going to have the same problem we had with the first season, which is we're watching shit that happened six to eight months ago, which I don't think is great. I really wish, like, how cool would it have been if we've already seen the Met stuff and Courtney's wedding? Yeah. Like, what is the point of seeing Courtney try on the wedding dress we already saw seven months after it happened? Yeah. No, it's the lag is is fucked. But whatever. We will take what we can get. We know this season will cover the bet. We know it will cover the wedding. Obviously, it has to address Chloe's surrogate stuff. No, I'm sure they're going to save that to season three. And we're like, great, this kid is almost a year old. And we're just getting to this storyline. <laughs> Pete Davidson was briefly in the trailer. Right. Pete was seen at the end when Kim is briefly trying on the other Marilyn Monroe dress that I think she only took photos in, the green dress. Yeah, the Norman Norell. She says, uh, do you want to get into a shower? And he throws everything out and goes, okay. Which I'm sure he's doing. He's a performer. He knows the cameras are filming him, even though this is their reality. Um... But it gave me a little bit of ick uh, just from the sense of like, if he's like this all the time, like I wouldn't be able to handle that. Like when Russell Brand and Katy Perry were together, I was like, oh, I don't know if I could be married to Russell Brand being Russell Brand all the time. Right. I don't know, though, if Kim Kardashian asks you to take a shower with her, it's like, surely you'd just be like that. You should drop everything. Yeah. Uh, I did enjoy when Chloe says... When you're in love, you have these feelings. <laughs> it was really giving <laughs> when Kylie was like, this is the year for thinking about things. <laughs> Whatever she said. Question though, will North's ninth birthday be covered in season two? Because I think this happened before I went on vacation, but we totally missed it. Thank you to the fuck at who pointed out that for North's Camp North themed ninth birthday party her and her friends slept in blood-stained tents yes with you know plush deer heads mounted on the front of the on the front of it it was very yellow jackets vibes yes a show i think northwest would love i assume they went to their place in wyoming or something to do this kim talked about this on jimmy fallon when she was there in new york with uh psalm and saint who were very cute they were backstage with her i think this is when she was promoting the skin skincare line and she was talking about that north is a horror film freak although i don't know if she's seen any horror films but the other thing that she wanted done is like gruesome horror effect makeup on everyone that's cool so it was a i would say it was a friday the 13th themed birthday party but i doubt she's seen that movie (laughs) If you're nine, well, I guess I saw Scream when I was nine, so I shouldn't talk, but... I don't think Friday the 13th is that bad. Probably not. What else is a a camping horror movie? I mean, Sleepaway Camp. (laughs) Yeah, Sleepaway Camp. True. Cabin in the Woods is almost there, but there is a cabin. Hence the Cabin in the Woods, yeah. (laughs) If this is how extra your ninth birthday is, like, what does 16 look like? 
I just love a creepy Kardashian party. Like, I loved that Handmaid's Tale party that Kylie did, which she got so much shit for, which I think is so stupid because it was hilarious. And also, it's so silly that we got mad at her for having a themed watch party when we've come to learn in the past week or two that she took a 17-minute private jet ride. You're telling me that a Kardashian is a climate criminal? I'm shocked. Again, I need the New York Times to like figure out what their carbon footprint is as a family. Anyway, what else have we missed? Um, yeah, why do people have issues with this Karen Reutfeld styled skim campaign? I don't know if people have issues. I have issues. Tell me. <laughs> well, it was just a weird vibe. When I first saw it, I was surprised that it wasn't axed because it didn't feel visually aligned with what skims usually does and they're just like so specific but when I found out it was Kareen it was like who's obviously a genius it all makes sense because surely you just let her do whatever she wants certainly Kim does yes yeah but I don't know it was just the jewelry was such an odd choice it was great jewelry but it was also just weird to see it styled with like the kind of skim stuff that that's like what I wear on a daily basis. That's yeah. what I'm wearing now. That's why I, I didn't understand why people had issues with it. Because I was like, oh, I mean, I definitely want that long sleeve crop top when it drops. We talked about the Chloe Tristan drama a bit on that Patreon episode. Has there been any updates since? No, if you've stayed this long into the uh, us talking about the Kardashians, you clearly know that it has come to light that at this point, the baby's probably already born, that Chloe and Tristan are having another child, a boy, through a surrogate, which if you back up the timeline, the surrogate was probably initially implanted right before the news that Tristan had stepped out once again on Chloe and had a child with someone else, which would make... So how many kids does he have now? Four. Okay. He had a kid with someone. That he left for Chloe. Yes. Uh, true. This kid and now the fourth child. But we're also not counting the, the two times in between this that he has stepped out on Chloe. Right. First time. Well, more than two times. Like, didn't he step out like five times? Like the first time? That's true. But yes, there's the time before she gave birth to True. There was the Jordan Woods incident. Right. Now there's this. Now he was just spotted in Mykonos with an unnamed mystery woman. Hmm. Just want to send Chloe love. As always, she deserves so much more than this. Well, as she says, when you're in love, you have these feelings. <laughs> Which just makes me go like, then ignore those. Fe- if those are the feelings you're having, <laughs> Chloe, ignore those feelings. <laughs> We've come to the end, Chelsea. Yeah, let's hope that celebrities do something interesting. Next week. Next week. Also, is Nope out yet? Yeah. Okay, we should see that. And you haven't seen the Elvis film. I haven't seen Elvis yet. Have you? Yes. Okay. Don't you remember? I explained it to you that at one point I felt like I had the spins. Elvis is a three-hour montage sequence, Chelsea. And at a certain point in the middle of it, it felt like a bad acid trip, but I was like stuck on the couch and I was flipping in between Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and the behind the music of Elvis. <laughs> okay, well, I'm still down. All right, well, it's been so fun to see you. I know. And now let's not see each other again until we <laughs> record next. Well, do you want to come over for dinner? Tat's making a chicken. Ooh, tonight? Yeah. All right, I'll be over. Cute. All right, guys, we'll be back next week. 
thank you to everyone that has called in and left us voicemails. We will be doing another call-in show soon. Fun. All right, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.